Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. This is the Draw Play Podcast, and I am your host, Draw Play Dave Rapoccio. With me, as always, he's a little bit more employed than Des Bryan is. It's Sam Grezis. Uh, just a little bit. I'm a freelancer, so, you know, barely. <laughs> That's still more employed than Des Bryan is. Yeah, I I want your your take on this, right? Because as someone who, like has a mild distaste for the Cowboys, but never really had anything against Des Bryant other than that he was on on the Cowboys. I end up feeling really bad for him because he bet on him himself and he just fucking lost, right? Or not really lost. It's just like no one's even taking the bet because the market sucks. And I mean, I don't know. He It seems like he should have a job, right? I mean, I don't know if... Is it just he's looking for number one receiver money? Because I don't think that's it. I, I really don't. I don't know why Des Bryant isn't employed. Like, there was... All right, as a Giants fan, um, I hated Des Bryant mm-hmm. until we got Odell Beckham. Sure. And then I was like, oh, so that's what it's like having one of those <laughs> players on your team. Yeah. I am yeah, suddenly this is how the now other a side lot lives. more sympathetic towards des bryant because now i can see what happens when a player who's a little passionate and outspoken gets torn apart by the media in ways that he doesn't always deserve Uh uh-huh not always deserving obviously in some ways they both deserved being ripped apart but in many ways they absolutely did not and it was kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. so i i was always kind of afraid of des bryant he never seemed to do great Against the Giants? No. So he was never like this this horrible thing like Deshaun Jackson or LaShawn McCoy who always decided to own us. He was I, – I hated Jason Witten more because Jason Witten would just own third down mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single – Every single time. time yep. To the point where it was incredibly irritating and you could call it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked he doesn't have a job yet. I – like he didn't get picked up. He got released before the draft. And then he didn't get immediately picked up. And I was like, all right, so teams are probably waiting until they get through their draft and then they'll pick him up. Right. And, and that's what Des Bryant thought, too. Yeah. I think that's what everyone kind of thought. But now there's there's still, like, no talk anywhere. The, of, like, well, he, the Ravens offered him, like, a gig before the draft that he turned down. And since then, we've heard nothing about any other potential gigs there were rumblings about the packers but that was literally only because um that was literally only because jason witten said that the packers would be a good fit for des and then the packers were like we are not actively like this is the first we had thought about that right so it's not yeah it's just it's weird. It seems like there, nobody. There like, were rumors this is the of best him going players. to the Giants too. Yeah. Yes. Like as soon yes. as he got cut, he's just like, oh, like oh, I, apparently Dez wants to stick it to the Cowboys because they didn't end on good terms, and he like wants to see the like the, he apparently said like I'm gonna see these guys twice a year when he walked out of the locker room. Yeah. Like which yeah. is which is an obvious like I'm going to go to a rival team threat. 
Yeah, sure. And so everyone was just like, oh, it's going to be the Giants. The Giants are going to cut Brandon Marshall. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Brandon Marshall got cut. And then everyone was like, oh, here comes Dez Bryant. No. 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 Nothing. D- Giants didn't pick him up. Redskins haven't picked him up. Mm-hmm. Eagles aren't picking him up. No, no, of course not. I mean, they, they're having enough trouble, you know, with their salary cap as, as it stands right now. So. so I think it might be a money issue. Because I was, I was stunned to find out that he was still like twenty nine. Yeah, because yeah, he's when not he got that cut, old. When he got cut, I w- my immediate thought was, yeah, well, he's old. He's just an old vet, and he's slowing down. He hasn't looked good these past two years. Uh, maybe that was because he's getting old and injured, or maybe that was because he just didn't have the same chemistry with Dak that he had with Romo. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I thought he was like 32, but he's yeah. 29. Like he's still got one contract left in him. I think. absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I don't. I also don't know about many people who would disagree with that. All this stuff, this is the, the part about football that's not fun for me, right? Where you have a player who wants to play, and I really, I mean, I want to give Des the benefit of the doubt because there was talk that, like, he wanted number one receiver money, but that was a while, while, while ago. Yeah, and we've heard nothing about what he's been asking for since. Yeah, right. And there was only that one deal that was $7 million, like, the total deal I think for the Ravens was like $21 million over three years, which isn't a bad deal, but it's not a great deal either. Right. So like I, I, this is again, this is the stuff that I don't really like about football where because of the way that it's run and salary cap and probably the way that it's necessarily run, you have these owners that are like, okay, so there's this really good free agent player, but we don't want to pay him xyz amount of money or we want to drive down the price while not really colluding but also kind of colluding and and what you get is a player like des bryant you know sitting in limbo in free agency and everyone thinking like all these fans of teams around the fucking country are like well why aren't we just signing des you know and this is the kind of shit that you get during very, the off season too. Very like, easy to just be like, "Hey, like we could use a nice number two veteran receiver." A lot of teams could probably use someone of Des Bryant's ability. Yeah, of course. Maybe, maybe there's a lot more to his decline that we don't know. Like that's always a possibility that his injury history may not be great. Mm-hmm. But. It just feels like he should have had a job by now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> knowing knowing our podcast, as soon as Yo, yeah. oh, this yeah. goes he up, should, he'll like, sign. This will be up on Friday, so obviously he'll get signed on Thursday. On Thursday. To... Um, yeah, yeah. Let's both, let's, let's both put our put our pin in this. Where, where is he going to go? Uh, let's see. We're, a team that we're not expecting to make a play that suddenly makes a play for him. It's going to be the Raiders. Ooh. It's going to be the Raiders. John Gruden's going to fucking... That's, that's a very good pick, Sam. 
I just like Shit. you. You said not expected. Someone who I didn't like a team I didn't even think of, and I immediately like. I feel like that would be the kind of thing that John Gruden would just fucking do. Like, that is one hundred percent something John Gruden would do. Mm-hmm. That is that is such a Raiders move that yep. I I'm kind of like reluctant to pick anyone else now. Uh huh. It's it's perfect. Des Bryant on the Raiders is perfect. It's so perfect. I'm gonna say, hmm, fuck it. Let's go with Seahawks. Oh sure. I don't think they have anyone to really throw to. So, and they like throwing money at offensive weapons and not mm-hmm. like offensive line or <laughs> yeah. fixing the defense. So. Yeah, I'll go with Seahawks, but if he goes to the Raiders, major props to you. I, I, I feel like, though, the Seahawks make a lot of sense, too, in a, in a kind of nihilistic sort of death is inevitable like and comes Seahawks for us all sort of way. I willing to kick the tires on people. Yeah, very true. I feel like almost every veteran that gets cut has a tryout with the Seahawks. Like, yep. they always visit the Seahawks. They don't always get signed, but they always visit the Seahawks. Like the Seahawks are always just like, we're very inclusive. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, actually, I don't want to sign you. The fucking, they're the worst fucking people on Craigslist. Like, yeah, they'll they'll show up and look at your, you know, original mint inbox copy of the board game Pokemon Master Trainer, and then they'll be like, yeah, I'll let you know by the end of the day if I want it. You're like, it's a fucking board game. Just tell me you don't want it. And then they'll text you later tonight and be like, no, I actually, I, have, I found a, another copy for less expensive. That's the fucking Seahawks. God damn it. You had to bring Pokemon into this. It's not even Pokemon. It could have been your fucking Dodge Neon, your 1996 Dodge Neon. They come and they take it out for a test drive and, and you buy them pizza or whatever because they're being really nice and, you know, grab them a beer from your fridge and, Can I uh, confess that I really liked the way that Dodge Neon looked when I was a kid? Do you not still? I I do. Like the round lights. Yeah. I just yeah. it was like a Volkswagen Beetle, but cool. But yeah, but didn't look like dog shit didn't garbage. Look stupid. Yeah. 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 It was. I, I mean, I, it was a flatter like. It was a flatter Beetle, which I mean, I guess, and and it wasn't like it didn't look nearly as good as a Porsche, but you know. It was okay. And speaking of like mentioning that pizza, I felt like every single one I saw was a delivery driver's car. Which sucks because I... Especially like five to ten years after it started coming out or started like getting discontinued was that it was basically a lot of kids' first cars, a lot of junkers, and they were all driving Dodge Neons. To drop off pizza. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. There's some memories to Dodge Neon. I remember. I don't remember a lot of cars because I'm not a car guy. But I remember the Dodge Neon. The the funny I thought thing it looked good. The funny thing about the Dodge Neon is it was a lot of people in like in like our generation's first car because it was relatively inexpensive. They broke down a lot, but they were easy-ish to fix so you could get good deals on them like it was it was easy-ish to fix the uh mission critical issues like you could do an engine rebuild or whatever on them for you know not 
a whole lot of of effort there wasn't a lot of computerized parts or anything because it was in the 90s um so you could get them for super cheap mine was literally a final project at a fucking high school like the engineering class rebuilt this neon that had been totaled and like put all new guts in it and stuff and that was their final project and i got mine for like five hundred dollars and that was cool yeah, yeah, it was super cool. It was the first car I, I learned to drive on. The other, the, the the part that makes it really funny, right? Because kids wanted it because it looked like a sports car, kind of, through a kid's eyes, right? They were yeah. red, usually, and and they rode low to the ground, and they had those cool bug-eye headlights, and it was a Dodge. So mom and dad were like, oh no, this this car is safe. Right, it's a Dodge. Dodge makes safe cars. They have airbags. <laughs> that was that was the uh, pinnacle of safety in the nineties. Is they yeah, had airbags, 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 and seat belts. Yeah, they don't have just lap belts in the back seat. There's no rear facing fucking kitty seat in the in the back of the station wagon. No, the the upside to that though is that the Dodge Neon was a very 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 fast car for your first car to to drive this was not your family sedan right it was a relatively light car so like you could put the hammer down like i remember specifically i remember this moment specifically i was driving with one of my friends i was like i think this was the summer of my freshman or sophomore year in college and we were heading um, like up 495 to like to somewhere, you know, north in Maryland. And I was just driving. I was in the Dodge Neon, had some like tunes bumping in the CD player. And I looked down at my speedometer and I was going 90 miles an hour and I hadn't realized it. Like wow. it is only possible to do that in a Dodge Neon. And this is people's first fucking Northern car. Maryland. So that's basically wannabe Pennsylvanian rednecks. Not, I mean, not Northern Maryland. I was heading north from like, I was heading north on 495 or 95. I don't know. I might've been going to Baltimore. I can't remember. I just remembered I was heading north on, on some, on some street. I, and I remembered coming home and I was like, Cause I don't know, I was paranoid or whatever, so I started explaining to my mom like, "Hey, I went ninety miles per hour in the car, so so if you knew somehow because of your mom powers, I'm being honest with you, so don't punish me too hard." I can't believe people gave their kids a Dodge Neon as a first car. It is not a good car for that, no, or maybe it not. is because I, it'll I put the a, fucking fear I had of God a Dodge in Dodge for my first car. Did you? What was it? It was my dad's former Dodge Stratus. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was a green Dodge Stratus. Mm. It had, like, it was okay. It was a four-door sedan. It had a V6. It did reasonably well, and I had it for, like, three years before I wrapped it around a telephone pole. Fair. Hey, um, can we, I want to change tack real quick before we get into more shit. I, I want to fucking five seconds. Just talk about Yanny Laurel. Okay. <laughs> just, okay. Th- can, can you give me just like 15 seconds? Okay. 
Okay. The, the way that works, I don't want to fucking ruin the magic, but there is no magic. The way that works is it's literally two audio files played at the same time. If you have bass turned up or speakers that are good with bass, it says Laurel. And really? the treble is Yanny. It's high frequency and low frequency. It is two different audio files played at the same time. So it's like it all depends on what your ears are Wait, sensitive so which to. One, which one was high bass again? I think it was high bass, I think, is Laurel. And okay, Yanny, that would explain why I was hearing Laurel on my own computer, which is the only thing I've watched it on. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I was on, on mine and I was hearing um, Yanny. Because my, like, I was on a tablet that had very tinny speakers. So, like, there there you go. It's, All right. It's just, it's, this one isn't as cool as the dress for me because the I, dress was like, this is science. I don't know if I totally buy that, though. Because I've heard, I've seen people, like, hold up their phone and one person hears it one way and the other person hears it another way. So I still think your brain... Oh yeah, chemistry is playing a part here. There's there's a little well, I mean it's not just okay, so it's not just that, right? Like anyone can hear Yanny or Laurel based on the bass or treble mix, right? But at the same time, everyone's ears hear things differently a little bit. So like everyone's ears since they are technically like sound is sound is waves, right? And for you to hear a sound, you have to receive those waves. So your ears are kind of like a microphone in that kind of way. They all have different, you know, everyone hears things differently. So your ears might be more sensitive to bass sounds. So you'll hear Laurel or they might be more sensitive to treble sounds. So you might hear Yanny. So so that's that's it. That's how it works. Fucking mystery solved. The dress was better because it taught you that in different like the color is relative and depending on the quality of the light that's hitting something that's what color is and it can look different so there you go that's Hooray. my that's my fucking thing okay let's move on yes thank you thank you i just i'm gonna shut up for a while so did you know that the carolina panthers have been sold they have found a buyer oh, for yeah. a new owner and like... let me tell you about this new owner. Yeah. His name is David Good Tepper. Eh. Mm-hmm. I keep reading his name as Tepid, <laughs> and it fits somehow. Yeah. But here's yeah. here's some more information about him. Um, he's a hedge fund manager. So oh, if good. you were hoping it wasn't the most stereotypical old white banker guy um i got some bad news for you yeah sorry bud it's 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 a hedge fund manager who was a partial owner a minority owner to the steelers beforehand he's very old and very white he's got like the hair go male pattern baldness like you you already know what he looks like if you haven't seen a picture of him you can see him in a boardroom but yeah. I do want to tell you probably the only interesting thing about David Tepper and the only thing that is relevant to my interests and probably to your interests. And that is that he has a literal pair of brass balls sitting on his desk. 
that he rubs for good luck. I hate that. I hate that. That is such is a Is that fucking... not the most Jordan Belfort Wall Street bullshit you've ever heard? Jesus Christ. It's And it's also like, yeah, of course, of course you are my minority owner for the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. I bet that dude, can you look up where he's from? I bet like, and again, this is coming from a dude from Bethesda, Maryland, right? So I, I, am, I am no paragon of like, hard hard-nosed like factory town whatever but i would be very surprised if dude isn't from like glenview illinois or you know yeah fucking silver spring maryland or a you know affluent suburb and like fucking brass balls on it i hate i hate it so fucking much i hate it i hate it i hate he it. is from pittsburgh He's a Pittsburgh born and bred dude. Okay. Okay. I guess fair, but still, that's that's his the most he- like his wannabe global Pittsburgh hedge thing. fund is based in Miami Beach. Uh-huh. And there and boom goes the dynamite. This guy's done coke yes. off many strippers and has never really dealt with financial instability. Nope. Fucking brass balls. Brass, literal, he's got literal brass balls that apparently his employees gifted to him after he made some ballsy investments in some things that other people were not investing in and made a lot of money off of it. And he rubs them for good luck. I hate Banking it. Banking culture is extremely progressive. I hate it so fucking much. It's a, balls. I... I I can't, I don't, you have stolen my words, Dave, David Tepper, what the fuck is his name? David, David Good Tepper. Tepper. It's yeah. like David Tupper, but with an E instead of a U. I, I every single so time I, I hear like, his name, like I, I Tupperware, think she... just like David Tupperware. Ugh. He, he, he keeps the money fresh. I heard that he was going to bring the Steeler away to Carolina. And by doing that, he was just going to sit on his ass and do nothing. Like, this is a, I, like, that sounds like I'm making a joke. I'm not. This is an article I read that the new owner was going to, like, bring the Steeler away to Carolina. And in doing so, just leave everything to the GM who's been doing a pretty okay job and the coach who has been doing a very good job. And Do like, you think he's a uh, a Rooney Mara or a Kate Mara guy? Oh, jeez. I mean, probably Rooney Mara, right? Gotta be. Maybe. I don't know. Gotta be. Gotta be Rooney Mara. Gotta be Rooney Mara. No, I feel like I feel like he would go for Kate. Because I feel like Kate is the the main pick for a lot of people, and Rooney is the cool hipster pick. Uh, I guess. I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just... I think Rooney's the better actress. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. This anyway, is where This is where I say I don't really he's know probably, He's is. probably rubbing his brass balls right now. He's, he's just, listening just to this all over those brass and... balls. He, he's licking those brass balls. He, he closes the office doing hedge fund manager shit and just, like, puts the balls on top of his own balls. Mm-hmm. Or you know what he probably does? He probably brings the balls into board meetings and shareholder meetings and stuff like that. And when he owns somebody, he picks up the brass balls, walks over to him, and, and like places it on their forehead. 
do, do you think he do you think he knows how to do fushigi? You know the 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 ancient and mystical art of of b- ball juggling. Except you don't throw them up in the air. You just kind of do what David Bowie did in Labyrinth with them. Do you think he's really good at fushigiing his brass balls? Yes. Okay, good. I just that that makes everything better. He's he doesn't rub them for good luck. He fushigis his brass balls for good luck. Do you think he's ever given himself a pep talk looking at his own reflection in his brass balls? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? I want to be Gordon Gecko ass hedge fund manager in Pittsburgh, but with his headquarters in Miami. You don't think he mainlines fucking cocaine and Benadryl? How many grams of coke has he done off the brass balls? Oh, probably zero. Right? I don't think... I don't think anyone touches those brass balls but him. I don't think he wants to defile his his lucky brass balls with his brain powder. I think he's done at least a few lines off them. Okay. Okay. I don't think he did them within... Did it within view of anyone else. It was sure. probably one of those, like, behind closed doors, kind of like that uh, Miami coach who did the mm-hmm. cocaine and then filmed yeah. himself. He probably... Yeah. It was just like, yeah, he like just sprinkled a little bit. He had the lines. He was like sitting on his desk. He was chopping it up and he had like a little bit left over. And he kind of like looks around and like maybe closes the blinds in his office or uses like the power shades because he's a hedge fund manager and probably yeah. has like massively, incredibly state of the art shades. Mm-hmm. And then like, like kind of dust the balls. And then he just kind of like all over the balls gross imagine friggin looking like donut holes just covered in powdered (laughs) sugar shit yes speaking of balls yeah i've always wanted to ask you what's your worst ball pain story ah sure okay so i got a couple um one one is very short and mean and the other one is is less short and less mean uh so i'll tell the short and mean one first um so i was playing basketball like after school um at the gym and someone literally just fucking hurled the basketball at my groin when i wasn't looking and uh and then i doubled over in excruciating pain and almost vomited um the the other uh story that's less mean and less short and hopefully more funny is I was at summer camp, um, a while ago. I think, I think I was like, I, I don't know, man, probably about 16 ish. Um, and we were playing world cup, which is a game where it's two on two on two on two soccer. And you, you're all like playing at the same time. And I can't remember the specific rules, but it's something like there's one goalie. There's one goalie and pretty much you are playing like to score. You are all playing to score on that goalie. Uh, And if you score, you like win or you're out and it's like the last team to get out loses or something like that. It's kind of like it's horde mode soccer. And it's a lot of fun. Um, so I was playing and we didn't have the ball. Our team was on defense 
and someone had an open look at the goal. The goalie was out of position. So I did the only thing I really could do in this scenario, which is make this leaping, diving block with my body to try and prevent the ball from going into the goal. I was successful, but at what cost? (laughs) Square... Square in the meat and potatoes, and uh, I sat out the rest of the game. So <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did block the goal, though. I did block the goal. That's good. That's what, good. What's yours, Dave? I also have two um, good stories. the The worst pain I experienced, and probably the the most typical get hit in the nuts kind of story. Um, the get hit in the nuts kind of story was very simple. I was over a friend's house for a sleepover mm-hmm. uh, back in, it was like middle schoolish. It was a birthday party, that kind of thing. We were out in his backyard and we were chucking tennis balls at each other because that's what dumb little boys do. And we, yeah. we were trying to like bean each other and play, play a wall ball. And I turned around at the wrong time and I got a tennis ball right to the groin. Oh. And then... After that, I we all had to go inside and watch movies for the rest of the night. <laughs> the Fair. worst time it ever happened was honestly like the simplest little just wrong wrong moment kind of deal. Ooh. I was sitting in the back of the like the back of the bus going to, from leaving high school, and we were all and I was just like shifting in my seat to like just changed directions and we went over a bump and I sat on my balls. Ow. Yeah. It just, everything just shifted into the position to give me the most pain very, very simply. And that was, and that's the worst I've ever felt. Like that was me basically feeling like I had to throw up the entire way home. God. It was so simple. It was such a simple, like I've been beamed by very, many objects in the balls both intentionally and unintentionally and i've never had it feel quite as bad as that did sure damn that's that's horrifying to me did you um shit did you ever i did not shit no fair fair good good uh did you ever play that game i can't remember what it was called or if this was something that people just made up to try and play but i could have sworn i i have seen people play it um who were presumably the cool kids at my high school uh i can't remember what it was called but it was a game where you would throw a baseball a football tennis ball some sort of ball up in the air to try and hit someone in the nuts with it and (laughs) throw it up in the air would you, you throw want, it up like, and stick out your groin and try and get hit. It's it's more horrifying than that. So the the other person would be lying in the middle of a field with their eyes closed. Oh, it is some sort of Geneva Convention banned torture shit. It's like you can't open your eyes or else you know you'll get punched in the arm very hard, right? Because high school. Um, and you just close your eyes and, and wait to maybe get your balls destroyed or, or maybe your face destroyed. 
Yeah. Right? Like I, I feel like I would honestly just take the arm punch. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, well it's not just the arm punch, right? It's it's the arm punch and then everyone thinking you're a you're weak and not and and a coward and and you know, what are you are you so scared? Yes, yes, I'm afraid all of my teeth will be busted and I will choke on my own blood. Or that my penis and balls will be destroyed. Yes. I am afraid of that. So you never heard of this that, game? That was that, no, I've I've never heard of this game. This this sounds like a where Sam grew up must have been a game. Maybe. No, the the worst we ever did was uh probably corner bitch. I don't know. Oh man. Th- that was that college was. and that wasn't a ball, that was a frisbee. But we like all of our our floor mates and our college dorm that we were, we were all like our little group of buddies. Um, we would go outside in like a little courtyard where our dorm was. And there was a corner of the building and it had like two windows close to each other. Mm-hmm. And the goal was to just chuck the Frisbee and try and bounce it, ricochet it off the two windows. Okay. And then if you succeeded, you then had to go into the corner and be the guy who threw the Frisbee back. So you became ah. corner bitch. So basically you didn't actually want to win because then you just had to dodge the frisbee. That's weird. That is a weird the, well, I, we, I guess we, I'm in no place. We played that to speak. like all the time for a week until the people who lived in those two rooms got really <laughs> mad and complained huh. about it. Fair. That makes a lot of sense. Damn. <laughs> Let's talk about football some more. Yes, let's talk about football, please. Please, please, please. So there's, I I guess this isn't explicitly football, but an interesting Supreme Court ruling came down this week regarding sports betting. Yes. It was about basically sports betting in New Jersey. um, And the Supreme Court ruled that the federal ban on um, sports betting or whatever it is, is unconstitutional. Basically, opening the doors for sports betting becoming legal in the future. What are your thoughts on this, Sam Grezis? Eh, I mean, <laughs> I don't, honestly, I really don't give a shit. Yeah, I, I'm kind the, of the, the same way. The th- the one thing that I care about is the is the shitty and dishonest. Uh, arguments from the commissioners of every single sports league that now they need to levy fees you know to pay for integrity of the game or whatever especially in the ncaa right where the ncaa is talking about like integrity of the game blah blah blah, blah, blah. betting pools are bad and they won't integrity like, of the players. game here put this ad on your jersey please yeah right and also we won't pay you like i i don't I don't, I don't. This is I one don't. of those things where I started kind of, I've never given a flying fuck about betting on sports. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things that I'm not a betting person. I'm not a gambler. So I like, I was raised to basically be like, no, it's my money. I will not risk it unless it's going to be explicitly useful to me. Sure. So I've just, I've never found any appeal in gambling, but I've I've always been like, hey, if other people want to lose their money, I don't care. Like that's 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 their money. If they're not gambling my money, okay. And the, then I 
I didn't really care. And then we started having those DraftKings fan duel things. Yeah, yeah. And and just the reflex from how awful those ads were. I remember wanting sports betting and everything to be illegal just mm-hmm. to get those companies to go bankrupt and disappear. But then I was yes. thinking about it later, and I was just like, you know, I actually don't have any problem with what those companies are doing, except for the fact that they're trying to pass it off as not gambling. Right. Yes. Yes, of course. But yep. honestly, like, if those games want to exist, I'm I'm honestly fine with it. I just don't want them to be misrepresented the way that they were misrepresenting them. They are not mm-hmm. games of skill. They are gambling. No. no. Go fuck yourself, fan kings. And that's, I think that's the only way, like, that's the best way to ensure that it stays fun for you if you do it. So, like, the the story I'll always tell about this is it actually happened around, well, not around this time, um, a little while earlier. A couple years ago, uh, the Cavs were in the in the playoffs as they want to be. And my brother put like $5 or something down on J.R. Smith being the finals MVP before the Cavs had even made it to the finals. And he stood to win a whole lot of money. But the fun thing about that bet was for $5, my brother was able to like watch this series, watch every Cavs series with a wild and weird and fun betting interest that he wouldn't have otherwise which to him and honestly to me like is worth that five dollars like i would pay five dollars to be able to enjoy this thing more right so like Mm -hmm. if i lose it's whatever that's fine if i win like hell fucking yes i'm thirty thousand dollars richer i mean it's kind of it kind of explains why fantasy football got and is so popular because in in a way fantasy football is absolutely kind of gambling mm-hmm. like you're you're placing possibly actual cash money prizes on whatever players you pick and it gives you right. an interest that you may not have otherwise so honestly i do see the appeal again it's just not something i've ever been interested in but i've For never sure. had a real problem with it except mm-hmm. when the commercials are very annoying Yes. I, your commercials I are very agree. annoying. You're bad. Yep. Yep. You're bad God. for me. You're bad for the country when your commercials suck. Very true. Promo very, code, very go true. fuck yourself. Promo code, go fuck yourself. Absolutely. There's this fucking ad they keep showing in Chicago for this uh, governor candidate who, who, you know, I agree with him on all the policies. He seems like a decent progressive dude, except he's super rich and, you know, I don't trust any rich people. Do you think he's got brass balls on his desk? He, I mean, I, don't, I hope not. Damn. But I do know that he runs the most annoying fucking ad in the entire Chicagoland area. You know Ugh. what would be very interesting is if sports betting becomes legal what is this going to do how is this going to affect buffalo wild wings because they are openly flaunting that they affect game outcomes Uh, ah we've seen the ads where they straight up use a sprinkler to prolong a football game do you think we need to get openly like 
flaunting that like, hey, we're affecting the over under. We're affecting betting. They mm-hmm. got away with it because sports betting wasn't legal. Yeah. So they weren't. So it was all seen as a joke. But now that it could potentially be legal, is there going to be an investigation into Buffalo Wild Wings? Could I mean, this, this could be, be the beginning of the end for Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, it could be. It could be. You know, the point fixing scandal at, at Yale all over again, right? It, I, 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 I don't see how. I mean, at the very least, right now, we're going to need to have congressional oversight after the states, because the states are going to make their own decisions, right? We, we should say that, that the, yeah. it's like, it's not happening yet. It's just the federal ban has been lifted. So, so now states can make their own decisions. Um, although most are going to have already like put in plans to make it, uh, make sports betting legal. I feel like there is going to need to be some congressional oversight uh, of Buffalo Wild Wings franchises so that uh, perhaps the the uh, game-changing, uh, wacky events that they do are randomized or are approved or are regulated in such a way that it doesn't... Um, that it doesn't that they are not able to swing the game that it's an algorithm that does it or that it is it is done in such a way that keeps betting fair right it can't be a human at those controls anymore it's gonna be i'm sure b-dubs is watching this with great interest because this mm-hmm. is the future of their company Mm-hmm. that is essentially mm-hmm. at stake here. I mean, what are they going to do? Go back to just serving mediocre food? I I don't know. I mean, th- th- right their their business model changed completely and now they risk maybe not being obsolete, but their business model is now severely against the law. I mean, Buffalo Wild Wings used to be like my favorite place in college and then it just got bad. It, I don't know it, what happened, but it, it just changed, went right? down. It changed. It wasn't. I us. feel like they changed the like the supplier or something, and the wings suddenly got a lot smaller and right. shittier. Right. And well, after and since the first time they changed it, I haven't enjoyed my experiences there. I feel like I've I've said this take on this show before, but my like my opinion on Buffalo Wild Wings. Is that they should turn it into just a sports bar that sells hot sauces? Because their hot it, sauces are good. They're really like good. Their, their hot sauces are great. Their mango habanero sauce. Mango is habanero of, sauce is fantastic. I like the spicy garlic sauce. Oh uh, yeah, the parmesan garlic feeling, is great too. Parmesan garlic is the shit. I usually mm-hmm. got like parmesan garlic and one of the really spicy ones. Yeah, like that that was usually my play or, too. Yep. Or mango habanero. Like that was those were the two. I'd have one that was mild for when I just wanted some good mm-hmm. flavor and one for the heat. I think my my order was usually half I parmesan garlic I would have but not that often. It was either spicy garlic or asian zing. And I didn't like Asian Zing, but I no? love spicy garlic. Mhm. Okay, fair. And then I would get the mango habanero cuz like what they do that very few, I can't believe. So, like, the thing with hot sauces is that, uh, like, it's just like, oh, so hot, so capsaicin, so I, I am in pain. 
The thing about the mango habanero thing is that it had flavor. It had flavor. It was really spicy, but you could still taste the mango. It was very fruity yeah, and I, bright. I tried so like damn good. the two hottest sauces on there, like blazing and hot, like super hot or something yeah. like that. And yeah. they were they were just like uh, bragging rights sauces. They're, sure. they're sauces that you literally dump on wings just to say, oh, yeah, I did it. Yeah. You're not yeah. enjoying the meal. You're... Mm-hmm you're taking on a challenge and like if i'm going to eat chicken wings i want to at least enjoy what i'm eating i don't want to be sitting there suffering for pride i want to actually enjoy the meal and i do love spicy food so like i best of both worlds was normally the habanero sauce i i read or watched something and it might have been it might have been alton brown he might have been talking about this on good eats because this seems way up his alley uh, where the, they were talking about spicy foods and why people like spicy foods and the actual chemical reaction. Because what it does, like what eating very spicy food does is capsaicin, which is the the compound that makes spicy foods spicy, um, triggers your brain's pain response. It literally feels like your mouth is on actual fire. Which is, I mean, I guess why they call it, like, fucking hot sauce. But, like, that's literally what's happening in your brain. So it's triggering all of these, like, fight-or-flight responses. It triggers adrenaline. It triggers, uh, like, dopamine. It, you it get... triggers endorphins. Yeah, endorphins, yes. That, that was the one I was looking for. But endorphins and adrenaline. So it makes you want to eat these things more, Right. It's 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 giving you this kind of primal joy. You can kind of get like a, a bit of a high from hot sauce. You absolutely can. You absolutely can. There, there there's a hot sauce high that you can get, and it's wonderful. And it, mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that makes you power through something that's making you kind of miserable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I can I remember it. Your teeth, like your teeth. You can feel your teeth. And you are crying. There are fluids coming out of every single part of your face. But you don't care. You just want to eat those very, very good and very, very hot wings. The The thing, though, about hot sauces and wings that are just hot and nothing else, like you can't really taste the chicken or you can't taste any other flavorings, is, at least for me, when you have those endorphins going, like, it makes... It is a good seasoning for anything else you eat, right? Yeah. So if a hot sauce is flavored with mango or or whatever, like, I don't fucking no, garlic, anything, onions, Jesus, again, I don't fucking know, pineapple, it makes you enjoy that more. It, it like, exponentially increases the tastiness of of the thing that you're eating and then but but the thing is by the time you like put the food down when you are not eating that spicy food it's too late because you're now now you're just in pain right like that's that's kind of the the thing so yeah i i i've never i mean i guess i've understood it because it's bragging rights but they make hot sauces that are just capsaicin capsaicin extract and i'm like you know that doesn't taste like anything Right? No, it's it's literally just super heat for the sake of heat. Yeah. And like extracts are don't don't really 
you don't need extracts. They're they're there no. to put like a little bit in like your chili for a substantial group of people to give it a kick. They're not there to stick on a wing and then eat that for a challenge. Like, mm-hmm. don't do that. Watch other people suffer on YouTube. That's more entertaining. Do it. But goddamn, do I love some some quality hot sauce. I always mm-hmm. have some hot sauce in my fridge. And whenever I'm having a meal that's not, like, big on flavor, just dump some hot sauce on there, and the meal is that much better. So good. So good. My hot sauce of choice, I rotate through. I've been on a real fucking Frank's Red Hot kick. It's simple. It's good. There's something really good about just a classic, simple vinegar red sauce. Yeah, really. Like vinegar, hot, red, liquidy hot sauce. I, mm-hmm. my cheap, um, super hot, like my cheap hot sauce of choice that I dump on everything is Crystal. Ah, uh, uh, Crystal's great. I don't think you can yeah. get it here though in Chicago. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, Louisiana thing. Uh, my friend who's from Louisiana is just like everyone down there prefers it to Tabasco. Tabasco just has the better national presence, but like people in the know from Louisiana know about Crystal. And mm-hmm. I got introduced to it like four years ago at a uh, Cajun restaurant with this friend, and I dumped like a little bit on the my jambalaya just to be like, All right, I wonder how this yeah, tastes. I do taste the it. Thing, I'm like, yeah. oh shit, and I just dumped that shit on everything. Now I I always have a bottle of that in my fridge. Nice. I have to look. I love I love uh, Tapatio too. Tapatio is fucking great. I don't like Tapatio that much. I don't like hmm. Tapatio. I don't like Kahlua. Cholula. Yeah, Cholula Ch- or whatever. Cholula. The one that has like the woman on the front that kind of looks like Bob Saget. Yeah, that's 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 Cholula. You fucking <laughs> nailed it. Got it in one. <laughs> so yeah, that that those are hot sauce choice. Let's but let's get back to football for yes, just please, a sec. please. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least bring up Matt Patricia. That's that's just kind of unfortunate news that sort of just sort of happened last yep. week. Yep. Um, I, I, I made a comic on it for Tuesday, so I've kind of already said my piece about it. But like, we're not getting, unless a whole lot of new information comes to light all of a sudden randomly, uh, this case is, it's like over from like a, legal perspective and mm-hmm. everything so there's not really anything to new and it was 22 years ago so this is just kind of like someone digging out a skeleton closet to make right. a story and just rip open old wounds for all the people who were involved for and re- probably really everyone who have involved, tried to right? move on yeah everyone yeah. involved with this has likely moved on or done their best to move on and heal from whatever happened, whether it was a true story or not. And now it's, it's brought up in the public eye, ripping open all these old wounds for just cause it wasn't the job of, I mean, and again, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm saying everything was settled or, you know, everything is fine and dandy or I'm not, it was not the job of a reporter to dredge up the story. If, if the alleged victim didn't, want it right because like likely likely either way they don't want to have anything to do with matt patricia they they're like no like i feel bad for this woman like if this was a like a real thing that happened which honestly from what little we know sounds like it probably happened Mm -hmm. um i just feel bad for this woman because she's spent 22 years getting over it and now 
out of the blue. It's just suddenly there again. And that's got to suck. Right. You, you, you try and heal and, and I don't know, live your life the best way you can after like, you know, cutting out toxic elements. And now, and now this happens and it's like, and it's not really like for much of a purpose, really. It's, it's not like this is like a, a sexual assault indictment that was eventually dropped, leaving Patricia essentially innocent by law, um, isn't like the kind of thing that's bad enough to get him fired. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of bringing it up, really? There wasn't like any real debate about his character going on beforehand. It's just something a reporter found. And I'd also like to say that everyone was like digging on the lions for not noticing this when they did their interviews for him. But like it was 22 years ago. Why hasn't anyone else found it before this guy did? If it was so easy to find out how come nobody else thought to look for it or how nobody else did anything or it's, I I mean, it's not like he hasn't been in the NFL. Yeah, he was on the Patriots for 13 years. And the Patriots are saying that they had no idea, which is either (laughs) a total lie or they and they didn't care. And they just kind of like, you know, ignored it. Either way, they didn't do their due diligence, right? Yeah, or or a bigger indictment on the Patriots for not knowing for 13 years that there was a person on their staff who was indicted for sexual assault. It's just, you know what, fuck this. It's it's just depressing. Nothing, nothing, we're not going to get anything new about it. We're not qualified to talk about it either. We're not qualified to talk about it. Whatever. Let's change the subject. Sam, what's a video game you think is extremely overrated? Skyrim. Skyrim. I will I will go to my deathbed arguing that Skyrim as a game is not fun. It is an em- it is an open world that is empty and samey. You have rainy area and you have snowy area and lakes. And every single time you hit something with your sword, it feels like you're going right through it and like you have a billion side quests of which only three are interesting. Like it, it is hailed as this on 20 different systems. Whoop do fucking do. You can play everything <laughs> on 20 different systems. Now it's funny. I'm actually one of my favorite games and it is an open world. Hey, Hey, how about we compare it to one of my favorite games that you can now play on like a billion different systems. And I will have bought this game probably five times in my life. Now. Okami. Okami was a PS2 game originally, got ported to the Wii, um, uh, and then to the Xbox 360 and PS3, and then got HD re-releases on those systems, and now it's gotten HD re-releases on the Xbox One and PS4, and now it's coming out for the Switch. Okami is an open-world game where everything is... um, Is Okami really open-world? Yeah, yeah, you can like run around fields. There are side quests, like I like. I don't know. Okami's got. I I wouldn't consider Okami open world quite the same way I would consider Skyrim open world. Yeah, I guess Okami's Okami's got the uh, the uh, Zelda open world where it's there's a level of openness that you can do, but there's also like a strict linear kind of progression yeah, to that's it. that's true. That's true. Where, like, 
you'll you'll have some time between major story moments to go fuck around, but the limit but there's a limit on what you can do due to what you have unlocked and how far you are. And there's like several different hubs in that right. game. I love Okami, but I, I no, I've never really fair. thought of it as an open world game. I've always well, considered it more of an action adventure. Why don't we why don't we compare it then to Breath of the Wild? Right. Okay, which, that's which a much might not better be comparison. A, it might not be a fair comparison, right? Because Skyrim is fucking ten years or whatever old now. I think it's fair because it's it's the same sort of you can go anywhere and do what you want at whatever time you want, and like you just have to like be good at the game. There's just some areas that are harder than others. Like I think it's a fair comparison with basic setup. Breath of the Wild is a playground that says yes to you at every single turn. Right? You can chop down a tree and then put like a bomb next to it so that it launches over to an enemy camp and kills everyone. Right? You can do that. You can find those moments. This game, that, like, that's what the game is, is finding those little weird moments of like, will this work? I'm going to do something really stupid and fun. Will it work? Damn. Whoa, it worked. Shit. Okay. Dope. You literally can get around the map by, like, cli- clinging onto a boulder, freezing time, hitting the boulder with a hammer, climbing on the boulder, and then you rocket far across the map. Now, with Skyrim, like, there isn't that—it's an open-world game, but it doesn't—like, it's not a playground, right? The the open world— Not really, world, no. The, the world is not—like— I don't remember when I tried to get through Skyrim, and I did. I mean, I, I put a bunch of hours into Skyrim before I had to put it away. Like, you you go down a path, and you find a cool rock, and you touch a cool rock, and you see a vision, and you go on this side quest. But it's like another side quest that you've just done, you know? Everything is very samey. You find a cave, and the cave is full of spiders right and it's like why 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 bother with this spider cave whereas in like legend of zelda there's there are rewards for that there's like i don't know there's i don't i don't know if i'm gonna like stand up for the side quests in breath of the wild because i didn't think they were all that particularly rewarding either true very true very true um, one thing i will give breath of the wild over skyrim is that um, it's not a buggy, broken mess that crashes on That's you. That's the other thing. All the time. The, so, like, if you play six hours of Breath of the Wild, nothing's gonna bug out. If you play mm-hmm. two hours of Skyrim, there's gonna be something weird that fucking bugs out, and it may crash the game. It may just be a corpse doing or, weird things, or you may be just riding a horse up a mountain. Yeah, like you do in in that game. I, That's you want to know? You want to hear something surprising? Yes. I've never played any of the Elder Scrolls games. I mean, they're worth and, playing a little and bit. I feel like I probably would enjoy them because I played yeah. both of Bethesda's Fallout's, and while I was like, eh, on Fallout Four, I got really into Fallout Three, mm-hmm. and it was one of those situations where I sunk a ton of hours into it, and I still don't know if I would call them great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I th- there's something about that kind of like just wandering around and doing what you want, fucking around gameplay that I do enjoy. I which I, I 
I think this sort of brings me to my most overrated game. Yes. Like I like Fallout 3 and even Fallout 4 for all its faults, mostly because I can just like even if the story sucks and it's buggy, it kind of lets me do things at my own pace. It lets me I I'm sort of like getting immersed myself. It allows me to get immersed right. in my own way. I think The Last of Us is very overrated. Ooh, I haven't finished it. So so no spoilers, but I well from what I've played, I really like it so far. I thought it was very overrated. One, I didn't feel like I was playing a game. I mm-hmm. Naughty Dog's got kind of a problem where they're making things that are basically movies that have some interactive elements to them. And yeah. like I feel like it works in the Uncharted series. Well, because so it's that, it's Indiana kind Jones, of, kind of right? fun. Yeah, but I don't know if that works with super dark, serious thing. And mm-hmm. it's it's a zombie story, and every single element of the plot I already saw somewhere else. I've already seen it coming. There was literally nothing about it that surprised me. There was nothing about it where it's just like all right all right so this is the scene where this is going to happen yep all right that's what happened all right this is the scene mm-hmm. where this is gonna happen all right these characters are going to be this trope yep that's exactly what happened it there was nothing about it that i thought was particularly touching i'll i'll say that the story was done well it was a good execution of a cliche sure but i like i got to the end of it and i wasn't like emotionally wrecked or like oh my gosh like the feelings i'm like all right i saw all that shit coming and the gameplay wasn't much fun there's they have difficulty modes in that game like but half of the enemies are instant kills yeah so what's the fucking point to Mm -hmm. um difficulty modes There, there are enemies in that game called clickers and they kill you if they t- if, if they, hit I you, hate, they kill you. I hate the clicker sections, mostly because it's the most horror game it gets because it's all like you see, you're I in a actually kind of liked the clicker sections because I didn't have to worry about bad combat. Oh, yeah, I, well, I thought fair. the combat sucked and yeah. I enjoyed the clicker sections because they were basically a stealth game and I was mm-hmm. fine with that sneaking around and like making noises because I could play it at my own pace. And okay. I've always been kind of a methodical, slow, go through every nook and cranny kind of player, not a, like a Twitch run in there kind of player. So I like those sections, but there's a section of that game that I, I remember more than anything else. And I I don't know how far you are, but it's fairly early. I think it's in the first act where mm-hmm. you're like, you're, you're wandering through like a barn or something and you get snagged by a trap and you're hanging upside down. Yeah, yeah, I have and And basically far. like, Ellie's over on top of a fridge or something. You're hanging upside down and you have to shoot the clickers that are attacking her. And occasionally one will run at you. And if you just, and like towards the end, they'll start running at you instead of going for Ellie. And like, if you're not like really perfect with your shots and I was playing on easy because I, I didn't care about like the combat that much. I, I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to experience the story because that's what the game was being sold as. Mm-hmm. I like on easy, like I still had to basically get every shot perfect. 
And then if I just happen to reload or run out of the bullets at the exact wrong time, the one that came in last would always kill me. And I got killed like yep. seven times in a row, six, seven, eight, nine times in a row because I just like, I just like something went wrong. Just a small little thing went wrong and I was immediately killed instantly. And I was just like roped back right under it. I'm just like, I don't fucking care anymore. Like there should be, like if this is a story game, why, if there are difficulty modes, why am I dealing with this? And it's like, it wasn't bad, but I don't think it deserved all the praise it got. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, I think that the reason a lot of people love it, myself included from, you know, from what I've played, because I'm agree, I, I find myself agreeing with pretty much everything you're saying, right? About the combat, about the way the game plays about the frustrating moments in the game i think people were blown away by the fact that like oh wait this game is actually written incredibly well yeah it's i mean outside like all the cliches it's executed the story is executed very well it's executed about as well as you can for something so unoriginal and that was new I feel like having no, having... it was not. By then, th- th- we were still like getting s- zombie fatigue. Like that's one of the reasons why I didn't well, rush out to play it when it came out because I'm like, oh, it's just a zombie game. Yeah, I want another zombie game. Well, I'm talking more in terms of well-written game dialogue, right? That is that is acted and not and not just written on the on the. Page, yeah that's probably right? the thing it does best it was it was 2011 and that was like new to see this game that was like that would have these quiet moments that were just you know you and your daughter and just talking right and you wouldn't you didn't want to blast any zombies you were just like it, it had the, it was well paced yeah yeah it was well paced like a movie it was written well like a movie and i think a lot of people were surprised to get that kind of emotional experience from this type of video game whereas you know usually you get that from like an rpg where you're reading it as if you're reading a book you know i'm I'm, I don't know if i'm making sense but i feel like the last of us was a big step forward for um like triple a like action games that are fully voice acted and modeled uh being able to tell those kinds of stories and i think that's why it like gets a lot of credit um it it deserves credit for the writing but it just didn't feel like i was playing a game it felt like it doesn't make it a good game and it's 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 too far the opposite direction from Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Skyrim, sure. Like it gives you too much freedom, and sometimes you wish it had a little bit more structure. And Last of Us is just a little bit too much structure to the point where you don't even feel like you're really experiencing it. You're just watching it. Right. And I, I like to have a little bit of maybe I've just always preferred a little bit more experience with directed moments, which is probably one of the reasons why I've always really liked the Zelda series is because it's always been a really good mix of the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I, I completely agree with that. So yeah, good game. I wouldn't call it a great game. Fair. Very fair. Sam, how can we follow you? 
Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Grisezes, S-A-M-G-R-E-S-Z-E-S-E-S-E-S on Twitch and on Instagram at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. Dave? I am Play Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Play Dave, on Facebook at the Play Comic, on Patreon and Instagram, and of course on thedropplay.com. Tweet at us um, all your really bad ball pain stories and how much we're wrong about your favorite video game. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>